He walked into the newsroom one day early in his tenure. A bunch of people said, what are you doing here? The CEO of the New York Times company shouldn't be in the newsroom. And he said, fuck off. This is my company. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Monday, August 28th, which means it's Media Monday. Today, John Kelly and I discuss a big new name in the mix to possibly take over CNN. Mark Thompson, the former head of the BBC and the New York Times, who successfully helped usher the Times into the digital era. David Zaslov seems to be dialed in on his man, but would Thompson actually take the job? And if so, would the rank and file at CNN welcome him with open arms? We'll discuss all that and much more on today's episode of Powers the Team. Happy Monday, everybody. If it's Monday, it's Media Monday. After a little break last week, uh, I'm joined once again by the boss man, John Kelly. Uh, John, Dylan was uh, better than you at talking about the media. Are you surprised? You know, I was uh, I was not surprised to hear that, that <laughs> Dylan uh, does an excellent job summarizing his own reporting. <laughs> I, uh, I busted ass driving home with my kids in the backseat from the beach, trying to make it in time for our appointment. And then uh, producer Bob let me know that uh, Dylan was in seat and ready and they didn't need me. So it's uh, it, was, it was a useful lesson. Yeah. What am I useful for here? I don't know. Nothing. Well, it was the first one you've missed. So you're allowed to be late because you're taking your kids to the beach. Holy shit. Well, on the topic of Dylan and, of course, the media, let's talk about CNN. And for everyone listening, we're not going to talk necessarily about Jeff Zucker or Chris Licht or Chris Cuomo or Don Lemon. Uh, We're going to talk about some new names, specifically one new name that has come into the mix. Uh, Last week, Ben Smith over at Semaphore reported that former New York Times and BBC head Mark Thompson is a leading mm-hmm. candidate to take over CNN. David Zaslov, according to Dylan Byers reporting, uh, also has Thompson in his sights, really wants him to lead CNN. John, what is it about this guy, Mark Thompson, you know, really sort of revered name in media that has Zaslov so interested and why might he be a good fit for CNN? Well, I think the headline, of course, is that, you know, Mark Thompson was the CEO who led the New York Times towards its digital transformation. He took over, when I was there, he was my CEO, um, took over for Janet Robinson, who was just an absolutely complacent uh, force there for many years. And I, I think mm-hmm. Arthur uh, seemed to like her, but, you know, there was a slow drip of um, enthusiasm and obviously, uh, you know, a, a revenue nightmare taking place in the building. And Mark Thompson was a cold as ICE executive who, you know, similarly to Jeff Zucker, his his background is as a TV producer. He's, he's I think he's 66 now. Hmm. British guy, started in an NEP on a bunch of very successful British shows, ended up taking over the BBC. I think director general, I think is, is the sort of uh, fancy title there. And hmm. this triggered me a lot, Peter, because I remember in this era of the Times' history, this is like the Carlos Slim $250 million hmm. predatory loan era, Salzberger wanted to get Eric Schmidt to become CEO, which was obviously a batshit crazy idea mm-hmm. that, that only Salzberger would have conceived of. But a lot of people didn't want to touch that job. It, it was it was radioactive. A lot of really seasoned media executives 
thought, oh my God, the New York Times is, is not in this in this free fall. Am, am I going to be the person who absolutely has to dig the ditch? I mean, you know, it was not so dissimilar. I'm not trying to be dramatic here mm-hmm. to the position that Marissa Mayer was in at Yahoo, where mm. it, it had gone through this extraordinary and very quick demise. And she came in with the you know chutzpah and temerity to turn it around only, of course, to for a number of reasons, including uh, some dirty pool by a couple activist investors, uh, really um, sink the ship. So this was not a highly competitive process. Mark Thompson was zeroed in on at some point after more kind of above the marquee CEOs expressed their lack of enthusiasm. And then, and I, I can't make this up, I remember, because I worked in, in the newsroom capacity then, I was on the creative side of the business, Jill Abramson sent to England a number of Times reporters to report on the Jimmy Savile um, BBC crisis. You remember this guy, that, that totally creepy, oh my disgusting God. I, person? Don't even, I can't even think about this yeah, scandal. It looks like a, a deaf Google leopard it. drummer. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to touch it either, too. It, it, it's totally messed up and disgusting. And Thompson had been in his perch at the BBC during some time that overlapped with, with Savile. Had nothing to do with it. Nothing. But Jill was sending this message, as Jill often did, that she was prepared to smoke this guy out, that she was the boss. I mean, truly, a, an insane thing to do. You know, this is part of why Bob Iger, you know, said what he did about the writers. Like, at a moment when uh, the Times was its weakest in, in, you know, in a century, Jill was trying to, to send this message. Anyway, Mark Thompson arrived, put two feet on the ground. And I remember this like it was yesterday. He walked into the newsroom one day early in his tenure, bunch of people said what are you doing here the ceo of the new york times company shouldn't be in the newsroom and he said fuck off this is my company and so when when ben reported that he was in zaslov's sites for this and that it seems like he's sort of you know the, the first and only contender for this job i thought boy if they can convince this guy to do it they've got their white whale because he'll be able to first of all deal with the strategy question which is really immense and i know we're going we're going to talk more about that in the second block is cnn is already actually a recurring revenue business via the cable bundle hmm. but it needs to find a way to be a recurring revenue business via over the top streaming svod avod etc <laughs> more than that you need somebody with elephant skin, right? Like Chris Licht, it, it turned out, had many flaws, as, as listeners of the show know very, very well. But one of the most significant, it turned out, was that the, the guy was a narcissist of the first order and was really frail. So I think that they found an adult here, and boy, um, he'd be a, a, a fantastic leader. And sorry, last, I know I'm getting long in the tooth here, but here is the other really, really, really important point. Mark Thomas is not a programmer anymore. You know, he's, he's a very, very experienced operator. He's not going to come in there... I don't think until Amy tells what to do creatively, mm-hmm. but I think he'll put a lot of structure around it and they'll probably, um, they'll cut a lot of costs. They'll make hard decisions, but they'll do it in a very, very rational way. So it'd be a great choice. Look in media, there are a lot of talkers and there are a lot of doers and he's absolutely a doer and a guy who is extremely impressive. One question I have, uh, Dylan wrote about this. Does he want to come to a place that is, you know, managing decline (laughs) and sort of like figure out like cost cutting and whatever. I mean, like, yes, he is extremely strategic, thoughtful uh, about digital and CNN absolutely needs that. But a lot of the growing pains at CNN over the next few years are going to be just cost cutting. (laughs) And that's like a tough place to be channeling the id of CNN. 
is Oliver Darcy, the author of Reliable Sources, who mm-hmm. this shows you how much this news is really like embedded in the uh, like psyche of CNN at this very moment, because he let off his Reliable Sources newsletter on Thursday evening, not with Donald Trump, which is the yeah. like literal animating story of CNN all the time, <laughs> but with CNN's future is coming into greater focus. That was what Oliver wrote in his lead. And basically the the gist of his piece in Reliable Sources about the Mark Thompson trial balloon, perhaps, is that a lot of CNN rank and file are anxious about this, that they really like the so-called quad, you know, the leaders that are mm-hmm. in place now that replace Chris Licht, Eric Sherling, Amy Antelis, Dave Levy and Virginia Mosley, uh, you know, other than Levy, those are people that have been around for a while. Um, CNN anchors, producers, you know, everyone feels comfortable with them. And it was a, a logical choice to fill the void after uh, Licht was let go. Let me read this to you, John. The big uncertainty is who CNN's leader might be and how quickly they could be installed, given the wide latitude the current interim leadership team has been given to reconfigure the network's programming. Among other things, there was a strong sense internally that the quad would be in place for some time, perhaps even through the 2024 presidential election. That notion was ruptured this week amid reports about a hunt for a new singular leader. The internal sentiment, which I've gathered through conversations with staffers over the last 24 hours, could best be described as mixed feelings in the wake of an ugly breakup. A subtext to all of this is so many of these people still pine for Jeff Zucker. Things were great then. And, you know, bring someone else in that's new. Oh, my gosh. Like, we like the people that are in there now because those people like were close with Jeff Zucker and things were so much better then. That's sort of the energy (laughs) that I'm picking up from this column, which glosses over the notion like I was at CNN when Jeff Zucker came in. There was a lot of anxiety there when he came in and every leader before him was an outsider who came in. And just because he left in unceremonial fashion, uh, just because the Chris Licht era ended badly, like it doesn't necessarily mean that a new guy is going to be bad. Again, though, we're talking about this as if it's a fait accompli. Like Mark Thompson has to agree to take this job, which has a lot of challenges. But, you know, the best case scenario would be make CNN once again a global news leader in the mold of the BBC and do what hasn't really been done, which is make CNN a superstar leader in the digital space. And I know CNN's PR people are going to email me and be like, CNN.com has the highest like web traffic of any other news website Mm. all on the internet right now. I know I work there. I did that. I got a lot of traffic when I was on the front page of CNN.com. The question is format innovations. Can you monetize those formats uh, across the board and make CNN relevant to people uh, on their little screens and not just their big screens? So that's, you know, big challenge. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of things. That I'm going to talk fast because I feel like we're, we're gonna we're gonna hit the break soon. But <laughs> first and foremost, your your the Oliver note, which I read to, I think speaks to how credible this is. Not not just because Ben reported mm-hmm. it and, and Dylan advanced it, but it just sounds right. I remember when I first heard mm-hmm. that Zaz was going to hire Chris Licht on a whim. I thought, oh, that makes sense. Those guys know each other, and that's the kind of guy he'd hire. This makes sense, and uh, it's also a reversal. I, I talked to very 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 senior people at WBD not that long ago, and they were all um, adamant that they were not gonna hire a new leader for a while, that they were gonna let this thing run, which I always took mm. as a, a sign that they weren't gonna sure if they're, they weren't sure if they're gonna hold on to CNN or not hold on. And you know, the first question any new CEO of CNN is gonna ask is, um, are you gonna flip this thing? Are you gonna sell this to private equity? Are you gonna try and sell this to a strategic investor? And if they're gonna bring in somebody of Mark Thompson's level, let me tell you, the answer is no, because there is no way 
in hell that David Zaslav would say, I'm not selling this, bring somebody of that level in and then sell it. That would be hmm. executive suicide. Trust me, underline it, like double click it for real. So I think that this means that they may be a holder for longer than they thought they were, whether they want to be or not. There are some questions about the um, contracts they have with the providers that maybe they can, they can get around. But you're absolutely unmistakably right, and, and uh, you know I'll, I'll leave it at this, that everyone in the building wants the quad because it's sort of uh, Zucker-esque. These are Zucker lieutenants, and, and Levy, who's a, a really great guy, um, and I think is sort of the person who has to, you know, had to clean this up for, for Zaslav in the, in the mm. C-suite out in LA and Park Avenue. And they realized that that mistakes were made there. So there's no question that there will be changes and, you know, who knows um, how high up the ranks they will go, but they're going to be significant. And you know this as well as I do. I've never worked in one creative enterprise in my life where people weren't petrified of a new leader coming in and yep. where within three or four months, there were people on the good side and people on the bad side, whether that was real or imagined or contemplated or whatever. And the insiders loved the person and the outsiders absolutely began sharpening their spears. I, I've, in fact, I was, we began this conversation with, with a reverie about Jill Abramson. And I just remember some of the people who were really, really, really big Jill people, boy, watching them turn the minute that uh, she got ousted uh, was an incredible eye-opening experience for me. And they were some of the biggest uh, and most recognizable faces in the New York Times company, both sides of the business. So very, very illuminating. But I would imagine that, and this, I, I promise, is the final point. I think one blind spot that some journalists that, that uh, Oliver's um, essay may have had contained in it, as Don Draper once said, it all comes down to money. That's what the money's for. So you could package the CNN opportunity as transformation, digital, streaming, SVOD, AVOD, etc. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to pay Mark Thompson what he would demand as a public market CEO, which of course this is, this is not, this is a, a, a business inside of an enormous and, and debt-ridden public company. If they're going to pay him that, he will take the job and turn it around. I just can't imagine that, 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 um, that he would have turned it down. And I think David Zaslav is incredibly incentivized to give him a deal he cannot refuse and it would be a deal that would have a ton of uh, a very very large cash component because i don't think that mark thompson is going to come in Mm. to take that wbd stock no matter how well it's done in 2023 speaking of streaming john i do want to ask you about a new announcement from cnn cnn max basically cnn will be added to uh, the max uh, streaming lineup which has a lot of interesting (laughs) angles to it as well i want to talk to you about that when we come back Back to the powers that be, everybody. I'm joined by John Kelly, and we're talking about the future of CNN. Uh, one more quick thing on Mark Thompson, John, and we don't have to belabor this too much, but I just remembered also that when I was writing my paper at the Shorenstein Center at Harvard back in 2013, I just sort of like unplugged from Twitter and cable for six months and just read a lot of books and history and all this stuff. And when Thompson was the director general of the BBC, He got a lot of attention because he, I think like in 2009 or 2010, he basically said that the BBC in the past had been really biased toward the left and like Mm -hmm. openly so. Uh, And he was just, I don't know if that meant that when he was there, he like cracked down on the perception 
of liberal or cultural <laughs> uh, bias there. But it just it just strikes me as yeah. another reason why Zaslav might be interested in him because of CNN's sort of drift to the left in the Trump years. So I do wonder if like this guy comes in, will he be kind of like a weed whacker when it comes to like making people like pipe down a little bit? I don't know. That's just sort of, sort of a little thought bubble. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, Peter. I, I don't want to. I don't want to weigh us down here either. But I think that they've already, you know, taken some steps away from that. I, I think that this will be a totally postpartisan uh, mm. situation where where they're not asking. No one's going to ask for Mark Thompson to be in the CNN newsroom the way that they were so furious at licked for for leaving. And I I think that mm. this is a real. CEO job that would be akin to being a network CEO. But that's just my, again, we are speculating wildly here because it's fun, but that's just my impression. So CNN made an actual announcement uh, last week, which is that CNN Max uh, will be basically a channel available on Max, formerly HBO. Uh, and basically, and Jim Shuto, it is a little confusing. Jim Shuto will live stream and anchor several programs through CNN Max. Uh, they will simulcast the lead with Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer show, The Situation Room, uh, proud alum, uh, and Anderson Cooper 360. And then, you know, they're going to have to figure out if that steps mm-hmm. on certain cable agreements and whatnot. The thing that jumped out immediately when I saw this was CNN Plus, which was killed by... David Zaslav and his team uh, when he sort of took over the company. That was the pet project of Andrew Morse, yeah. who used to have like a baseball bat in his office. And I could I can see him in my head, Andrew, if you're listening, just sort of like twisting the grip of that baseball bat when he saw this <laughs> announcement, because it's like, OK, why was that shut down? But you're doing this. What's your take on that, John? Well, you know, a wise investor once said, you, you want to be focusing in uh, OPEX, not CAPEX, which, which means uh, spend more to operate the business, but don't, if you can avoid it, don't spend gazillions of dollars to, to sort of build one-time only things that you can't quite incinerate as effectively. So it makes a lot of sense strategically, of course, that they would be doing everything possible to uh, simulcast, essentially, uh, mm. CNN programming on, on streaming. Mm-hmm. They don't need to pay Jake Tapper more. They don't need to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to hire thousands of people that it takes to craft, produce, distribute, create the technology, create the distribution, do the BD deals for a unproven network, uh, an unproven streaming entity. Like, of course, I, you know, I, I don't move away from my stance that CNN Plus was a insane fever dream of an idea that represented a very, I think, sort of imprecise understanding of how the medium was changing. You know, we, we do know now that streaming is actually going to look a lot like parts of cable. And Zaslav's bet is, why don't we just move the parts of cable that work there? And then the other stuff, which is basically indecipherable. You know, I know that uh, obsessive like you and I, could pick every scene and anchor out of a lineup, but to most mm. people, they're they're just like attractive, wan, made up, made up people who um, who are reading a teleprompter all day. And I think Zaz knows that too. And I think that they also must feel, based on, and I'm, again, I'm hypothesizing here, a lot of executives in cable don't know how they're going to get out of these agreements with the with the carriers and distributors. But I have to assume that given the bulk inside of the WBD portfolio, they think that they probably have some bargaining power that they can that they can push them around because they have HBO, because they have the Turner assets, you know, that they'll be able to because they have they have all these films from Warner Brothers that, that they'll be able to, to push their way out of it. But here's the thing, and, and and I've been wrong on this from here, you know, from time to time here and there. So I I stand to be corrected. 
I don't know how you maintain the you maintain you can maintain the value in the CNN brand, and I can see how you can uh, move it to a recurring revenue uh, model in streaming, and you can bake in some of the value there, and I think it becomes steady, which is what CNN needed. What I think you do lose, and we see a bit of this uh, um, in a leading indicator on NBC News Now, is the star factor, right? Tom mm. Lamas, really good broadcaster on NBC News Now, which has been really successful as an AVOD product, right? It, you can get it through Peacock. It's it's uh, they have advertising and they've created some scale. So that's been that was a real Noah Oppenheim. It's on my there. Samsung smart TV every time I turn it on. It like defaults. There to you it. go, <laughs> exactly. So right, all, all the all the people who are not watching it but are but have it built in, like those are those are major BD deals that you know seven figure executives at Comcast worked hard to put together because they do you know pump revenue through the system. And I think that there's a future for that for CNN, right? Like like a highly distributed news network. What I do also think is that that's not a savior for the kind of high-priced anchor. Like Jake Tapper is going to be the last of his breed. It's hard to imagine that the next person in that chair makes 40% of what he makes now because we are... The Zazz is effectively changing the model from being star-driven and ratings-driven in those hours to being ARR-driven, and um, it makes the most sense for the business. I bet they're going to be able to finish the, the um, that they'll be able to work out these deals in a way that that makes sense, sort of short-term, definitely long-term. But I think for talent, for the agents that represent that talent, this is the beginning of the or the or the next phase of the long decline towards these being really good jobs, excellent jobs but not life-changing jobs, not you know a job where, where Anderson Cooper can command whatever, 15 or $20 million a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John, thank you so much for joining us, man. Everyone out there, go check out Dylan's piece about CNN that's up on Puck right now, and please subscribe to his newsletter and tell your friends about this lovely podcast too. John and I can be in your ears every Monday. How lovely is that? John, I'll see you in the Slack. All right, man, I'll talk to you there. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.